Today in lockdown, Red Wings, Detroit falls four to three in overtime despite uh, Villahuso's best efforts. They extend their losing streak to six straight, but they do stop Alex Ovechkin from getting his 801st goal, which would have tied Gordie Howe for second all time. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and host of Locked On Tigers. Red Wings fell 4-3 to three in overtime, extending their losing streak to 6 straight. Um, but they do manage to stop Alex Ovechkin from getting that 801st goal, which would have tied him for second of all time <laughs> against uh, with Gordie Howe. Why'd you just wave to me? No, I was like, oh, yay. Like, oh, <laughs> like, you were waving not like, a, I'm like, hi. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no I wasn't. I, I, I would always wave to you, Brian, but that's not what I was doing. No, I uh, like, I, I don't know, like, cool, I guess. But I, I would much rather have two points and like, oh, we gave up 801 than losing our what, six straight? Yeah, sixth straight. So we'll we'll get into that. Um, but first, there's a trade that happened earlier in the day that we got to quote unquote break down. There's not much to break down. Uh, the Red Wings traded AHL depth forward Giovanni Smith to the Florida Panthers for <laughs> Michael Delzato. Um, and I when I first read the tweet and I said, Oh, they got Michael Delzato back. That's a serviceable D man. He's nothing great anymore, but he's a serviceable D man. And then I saw the second half of that tweet. It's like and they immediately traded him to the Anaheim Ducks for Daniel Reagan. I went who? And Daniel Reagan, 28 years old, bur- born in Berlin, Germany, but is also got American nationality, too. He's a center-slash-left wing, right-handed shot, has all of, I think, six games played in the NHL level. Um, this season, he's played all 27 games with the San Diego goals of the AHL, um, has 18 points in that span. So I, I, I think the main reason this trade happened is because you wanted to get a right-handed center in somewhere in your organizational depth. I, that's the only reason I can figure you instigate this trade whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, so in the last three years, he only has five games played in the NHL, but he was up for about 20 games in 17, 18, 21 games for in the 17, 18. So still like less than 30 games, uh, but uh, a little bit uh, more there when he was a little bit younger. Yeah. He, you know, this is a, a depth forward in his late twenties and it's a dude that, I think, I, I mean, as everybody is aware, I am a massive Giovanni Smith fan and I am heartbroken to see him go. But um, when, when looking at the, the optics of this deal, I, I, I think that it's pretty much just, you know, Giovanni Smith, he is what he is play style wise. Like, you you know that you're getting a an enforcer, a physical presence, and he's still has age on his side I would say and and some other teams clearly are are willing to give him a chance to maybe develop more into a role where he can produce more on the ice like actually get some more uh, production when it comes to like points and like stat sheet numbers but I I think the wings kind of just looked at it as they needed a depth forward that more fit 
what they were trying to do and had more proven production at the kind of, you know, that, that I always call it 4A because baseball is like the first thing that pops in my mind. But, you know, that like fringe, you know, yeah. in between AHL and NHL talent, you know, if, if you can get somebody that has proven that, that they can produce. I mean, he has some some pretty darn good numbers offensively when it comes to production over the last few years at the AHL. So um, I, I think that this was just you, you can get a, a, a forward. It's a depth forward still, but you can get a forward that, uh, it has, has a little bit more proven production and, and uh, just in point totals in general. And there you have it. There's your breakdown of that trade. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I mean, like, it, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, he, you know, he, I'm, I'm heartbroken. He, like, Giovanni's obviously a huge fan favorite. And, you know, I, I, I myself was obviously part of that. So really sad. But uh, just, you know. That's that's what happens like that's that's this team thought that uh, Iserman in this front office thought that they needed more production out of uh, or, or they think you get an upgrade production wise at a depth position. And so they uh, they pulled the trigger. Well, and I mean, as far as impact on the NHL roster, I don't think you really see him unless enough centers go down because you got to remember, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. you know, you have five centers on your team, basically one guy rotating on wing every night at this point. So you'd have to lose two of those centers for him to even get a sniff. But even at for that sure. point, I mean, Robbie Fabry's going to be back soon. Then you're going to have six centers on your roster. So I, the only thing that he's got is right-handed shot, which Red Wings desperately need for the face-off circle. So maybe if an injury yeah. happens, but I, I feel like numbers- that's even a stretch. Yeah, his face-off numbers in the NHL, again, it's like less than 30 games, but at the NHL level aren't bad. Um, I Very difficult to find AHL face-off numbers, believe it or not, but his... Uh, his well, I'm his, shocked. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but uh, but his his point production is not bad in the A, and, and his his, uh, his face-off numbers aren't, aren't terrible career-wise for uh, the few opportunities he's had in the face-off circle at the NHL level, so... If that's another strong suit, like you said, then he just fits the mold of kind of what we need and what depth pieces we need even more. So, yeah. So let's transition now to talking about the game that happened last night. By the time people are listening to this, what, where do you want to lead off? I feel like despite just get Ovechkin like, yeah, let's get Ovechkin over with. So obviously everyone knows Ovechkin was sitting at 800 coming into the night, one behind Mr. Hockey. um, And obviously this was Mr. Hockey's team. And so people thought it would be poetic. We were talking about it yesterday. The narrative, it felt scripted that he would tie and or break that narrative or that, that second of all time against the Red Wings. And he wasn't shy of trying. Like he tried really hard. He, uh, he uh, posted one. Yeah, he did. And the Red Wings played, I thought pretty tight on him. They obviously felt motivated not to let that happen. Ironically enough though, Scotty, the team that Gordy Howe scored his final regular season goal against his 801st goal was against the Detroit Red Wings when he was with the Hartford Whalers. So I had a tweet ready to go if Ovi did it, and I said there have been two, three players in the NHL who have scored 800 or more goals. Gordy Howe and Alex Ovechkin scored that 801st goal against the Red Wings, and I had that ready to go because it's just that kind of ironic, but thankfully, I, I say thankfully it didn't happen. I know there were some Red Wings fans who were kind of rooting for it because they thought that po- it would have been poetic, but... I mean, I, I was just dreading the whole game that this was going to be it. And I, it was just a dagger to the heart I didn't need. The second that they went into overtime, I was getting ready to go on an entire just rant about the NHL script writers. I was ready. <laughs> I was so ready. I thought it was 
it was just wrapped, sealed, shipped. He was scoring the the OT game winner. I know uh I know Nolan tweeted the same thing. Like I I was so unbelievably prepared for Ovi to score the game winner in overtime. But um yeah, alas, they did for whatever that's worth. So I know everybody kind of views it differently, as you said, and everybody has a, a different opinion of the, I guess, magnitude, you'd call it. But uh, I, I don't know. For whatever it's worth to you, subjectively, yeah. they didn't allow 801 tonight. So Yeah, thankfully they did not. He will go on to get it. And I have a gut feeling at this point, he, and if he stays healthy, he's going to go on to pass Alexander. He is Alexander Rutschen. Pass Wayne Gretzky for most all time. Uh, but did not happen tonight. I don't think it'll happen against the Wings this season. Um, they do play one more time in February, but by then he should be well past 801. So, sigh of relief if you're on my side where you didn't want that to happen. Let's go to a little bit of an early break. We're only nine minutes in. It's still kind of right around the wheelhouse. When we come back, we'll get into the games. I actually want to lead off the the, the game breakdown with a major positive note because I feel like on a six-game losing streak, we're just so desperate for a positive note, and, and we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. Uh, I put placed a bet on Argentina, and uh, I thought I had won, but it turns out that the shootout does not count into the final. So uh, I lost the bet because the game technically ended three to three. So I was not happy about that. We've Why got it all at betonline.net. Huh? Why would you think of that? You're a think hockey what? fan. You thought it was just different? Yeah, because in the NHL, when it goes to a shootout and somebody wins, they put another goal up. Oh, so oh like, I thought you meant like each goal. I was like, what on earth are you talking no, about? Okay, I, so that, that I can understand. I bet yeah. outright Argentina was going to win because they were the underdogs. And I was like, they're going to win it for Lionel. They're going to win it for Messi. And well, they did. They did. And that's why I bet on them to win. And they did win, but I didn't win because they had to win in 90 minutes plus. It did not it. account yeah, for the shootout, the penalty shoots. Count for a lot of that. Because yeah. the game technically ends three to three and then right. four to two or whatever it was in the penalty kicks. That's so brutal. That I was so pissed when I went to the app to look at the money. I was like, what? <laughs> whatever. They've got it all at betonline.net. That's what I get for not being a soccer fan. Uh, if you love sports podcasts, they've got it at bet online as well they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts segment two locked on red wings podcast scotty and i are talking about the game against the capitals we're truly getting into it now and i want to lead off talking about villy huso because if there's ever a bright spot in this game it was villy huso and he shined so bright he was I mean, 42 shots on net, four goals allowed. He is the sole reason the Detroit Red Wings registered a point. And he has been the sole reason, reason they have registered points in almost every single one of these games this season. The fact that they escaped from Washington getting shelled the way they did with one point is solely because of Billy Husso. And I feel like I've said that time and time again because this team played dog crap defense in front of him. Not even just the defense. But the offense in the defensive zone, just the defensive scheme in general, they just collapsed. Eyes followed the puck. Guy back door was open. Vili Husso shut the door. The fact that they got a point was Vili Husso. And I honestly am beginning to believe 
because it's different than with with Nadelkovic last year. Nadelkovic would show us these bright spots, right, Scotty? He'd be super great one night and then super bad the next night. He'd be inconsistent and finish just above 900 save percentage. Billy Huso has not shown that this season. He's had one or two iffy games, but so far this season, Billy Huso has been phenomenal. And I'm really starting to believe that the Red Wings may have found their starter, like bona fide starter going forward in Billy Huso. Because despite how poor this team has been playing in front of him and how often they throw him out there night after night after night, he does not crack. And it's just, he's been an absolute treat to watch. And I, like, I'm I'm watching them lose their sixth straight game and get shelled and lose in overtime again for what feels like the thousandth time. And yet I'm walking away going, man, I love this guy. Vili Husso is, he's the dog. He is the dog. That's absolutely correct. You know, I, I, I want to, I want to answer in like the scope of this season and in the future. Cause like this season, I, I would argue that he has been, if you want to do pure, like most valuable player, is there anyone that even comes close oh, not on even. this team? No, he is the biggest reason as to why the wings even find themselves where they are currently in the standings. Nonetheless, the hot start that they got off to earlier in the season like he he has been easily the most valuable player up to this point for the Red Wings and when looking at the future like you said i i i don't know maybe i i just have like trust issues my therapist says i do so maybe it's just <laughs> like i i'm like it's too soon for me to be like yeah like he's just going to be it. like this good forever but I, I think that you at least have somebody who you are having that discussion about. Like you're at least having like, hey, man, you know, when you're at the bar with your buddies or, or you're you're chopping up with somebody and you're talking about the future of the wings, like you're at least having that conversation of like, this dude might be the truth. Like this dude might be the future of the Detroit Red Wings in, in that. And I know that they have like Kosa and everybody has an opinion on him and him and whatnot. And that hasn't had a very good season this year. But that future of the goalie position, as far as the Detroit Red Wings go, runs through Vili Husso until proven otherwise. And that, I think, is objectively true. Yeah, I mean, at least near future. You know, we talk about the development timeline for guys like Sebastian Kosa, and goalies take a while, typically. Yeah, they well, that, my, my point is, like, no matter who they add, whether it's free agency, whether it's more trades, which, like, the last two goalies we've added as well – I guess waivers, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like prominent goalies we've had have been through trade. And like, well, obviously we drafted one, like no matter what goalies we get in the future, my point is just that even if you're like me and you're like, Oh, I don't know about like, you know, three years from now, like how confident I, whatever, maybe not that I'm not confident in him, but just that I'm still like reserved. Okay. Let me see it. Maybe over a full season, like we're not even halfway through year one, but the point is no matter who they add, they have to outplay Billy Huso to overtake the job. Like that's absolutely. solidified and, and that's concrete and absolutely true. And and so far this season, he has absolutely been the truth. He he has been just the best player on the Red Wings without yeah. a without a yeah. shadow really of a doubt. Valuable. Because you look at everyone else on the team, Dominic Kubelik has cooled off. Dylan Larkin yeah, has cooled time. off, slightly injured. Actually, Dylan Larkin played pretty well in this game, but he's cooled yeah, off. You know, every single player that started off the season hot has cooled off, except for Phil Pronick, who continued, like, you know, heated up as the season's gone on and had another really great over- opportunity in overtime. So 
Villahusso has been the sole player who has been consistently lights out every single game for this team and gives them a shot to win. He gave them a shot to win in a game where they got outshot, Scotty, 42 to 19. In with extra time, the Red Wings did not cross the 20 goal threshold, the 20 shot threshold, rather. Yeah. And Vili Husso forced overtime. I, I just against the team with Alex Ovechkin, who's trying to chase history. Right. I, it's just, I, I cannot fathom how good of a goaltender he is. And I hope people appreciate it. I've, I've actually seen comments um, on our YouTube the last couple of days about people saying that the Red Wings need to trade assets to get a goaltender. And I, I don't get it. I know the backup position is suspect right now, but Billy Husso has been phenomenal. He comes into the game with, I think, like a 9-15 save percentage. And I know, granted, it'll technically come down after this game because he allowed four, goal, four goals on 42 shots, but he shouldn't have faced 42 shots to begin with. That's not on him. That, right. He had a 9-0-5 save percentage in this game. So I, I, you don't have to trade assets for any goaltender. You got a goaltender now, and then you have a guy developing. Like, this, you're fine in this position. This is the only position you are fine at right now. <laughs> like, relax. The, this he, team, who shows this him? Is, I, I have similar conversations uh, in when discussing the Tigers offseason. It's just like this team has significantly bigger holes to fill. Like this should be the least of your worries, right? If, like if you were to rank the, the team needs of the Detroit Red Wings, I don't think another goaltender would be very high at the present moment because of how often he's able to play and how good – night in and night out each performance is mm -hmm. of Billy Huso. Absolutely. Um, I also want to give out a shout out to Jake Wallman. Uh, Jake Wallman with added uh, responsibility on his shoulders, playing with Phil Peronick in this game. Uh, last two a games. Chippy too. A He's chirp, chippy. Chirp. And you know, he shows real flashes. He made a nice diving play to break up a one-timer pass to Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah. Then in the offensive zone, he's yeah, a he was really in his spot too. Over yeah. He's a really quick skater. He's a very fluid skater. He can break into the zone seamlessly. He has an absolute rocket of a shot. He shows flashes where, and you know, I, I get comments on our replies to my Twitter as well. If people ask me like, why don't they break up Sherratt and cider and give Wolman a chance up in the lineup? And honestly, with how Wolman's been playing and how poor that pair of cider and Sherratt has been playing together, I give it a shot because at what point do you just cut your losses on that pair? I mean, this team's playing so poorly on this stretch. You know, if it's not one thing, it's the other. It's a six-game losing streak, one way or the other. Shake things up a little bit. See what clicks, because Sherratt and Cider ain't it. It's not been working, but Wallman has been great. Hironic has been great. Mata's still getting his lungs back, has been still pretty damn good. So, shake things up. Shake your top pair up. I want to see Mata with Cider, because I think Mata in the back end would give Cider the confidence he needs to, you know, be a little bit more creative with the puck. I think putting Wallman with Cider would be a dynamic offensive duel like you're seeing with Phil Peronic. I think you would sacrifice a little bit of defense on that regard. But, I mean, it's depending on what you're trying to get out of Cider and what you're trying to get out of a pair with him. But right now, Sherratt and Cider, it's just not working. They're not covering for each other's mistakes. It's just they're, they're both trying to play the same brand of hockey, and it, they're leaving one another hanging. So it's just it, you got to change things up. And Jake Wallman, in a game where the Red Wings got outshot 42-19, to had an expected goal score percentage that led the team at five on five of 60, 60, 56.10 and a Corsi four percentage of 57.58. The only Red Wing on the team with a positive Corsi four percentage at even strength. The only Red Wing on the team was Jake Wallman with 19 shot attempts for versus 14 shot attempts against when he was on the ice. 
I mean, he's been great these last two games, and I'm not trying to get too high on him, Scotty, because I know he's one of the, he's just a flashy player. He can he does this sometimes, but if he's playing well, give him the opportunity. You know, you got him on the second pair. Keep him there as long as he keeps playing well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, man, like this is a this is a chance where this is a, a period in time in this season where they, I think, everyone is pro them like mixing things up a little Something's bit. Something's got to change. Yeah, that that can that can absolutely be one of those things. I yeah, I'm all for it. I would love to see Wallman get more ice time. Cool. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the negatives in this game. And oh, buddy, where there are a lot of them. Uh, but so stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, did you want to say, did you have any other positives you wanted to bring? Um, if anything, I think that's, I think that's one and two. I, I, we talked about a little bit off air beforehand. I didn't think cop looked that bad in this game. I thought he was solid. He obviously um, had the assist on the two-on-one goal for Lucas Raymond. Which yeah, that nice play was a beauty all around. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, no one was really great defensively, so I guess, like, maybe not in that regard. But I thought the the few opportunities that they had offensively, he seemed to be in the mix for almost all of them. So whatever that's worth. Well, the Red Wings obviously just let, – let's start with this. So the Red Wings played really hard in the first period. They played very tight. Uh, Washington still had the edge and shots and shot attempts, but that was fine. They played them very tight and walked away the first period of the two, nothing lead. I thought that was purely because they wanted to prevent Obi from getting eight Oh one, which is fine. If you need a motivate motivator, that's as good of a motivator as any. Sure. But second period comes around and Washington steps on your throat. It was just pure suffocation for the rest of the game. And while it was great to see the Red Wings get that power play goal, Oscar Sundquist, great feed by Jonathan Bergeron, by the way. He just, that's another bright spot, too. There are some yeah, small bright good. spots. Yeah, Bergeron yeah. continues, man. He's just, he's a great skater, man. And, yeah. like, I think the the more... Vision. Right, yeah. Like, the more we, the more ice time he gets, the more, like, everyone else is starting to see. He is a, he's, like, a crafty skater. Like, he he will squeeze his way through, like, tight spaces like it's nothing, man. It's It's really impressive. Yeah, Bergeron is, I think, got top six potential. He's he's proved it night in and night out, and he's getting top six minutes um, in some of these op- in some of these games, and then on the power play as well. And but outside of that one power play, they couldn't get anything going on the rest of their power plays. The Washington Capitals just absolutely stifled you by playing very aggressive on the forecheck on their penalty kill, and the Red Wings, without time, didn't know what to do and would just often cough the puck up. And the same could be said at five on five as well as every time the Red Wings, tr- let's say the Red Wings on an off chance did get into the offensive zone and establish pressure. The Capitals swarmed them. They were suffocating them. But the, most of the time, the Red Wings couldn't even enter the offensive zone because the Red, the Washington Capitals would stuff the neutral zone up and prevent entry. And then in the defensive zone, the Red Wings would collapse down low around Huso. And the Washington Capitals would just run a circuit around the Red Wings in their own defensive zone. And, you know, it wasn't just defense. Everyone was puck watching. Nobody was looking where the puck could go, just where the puck was at at the time. And it was probably one of the worst performances I've seen the Red Wings do team-wise. Like, there was just no – nothing was clicking. They, They were just chasing the entire game, it felt like. And it shows on the stat sheet. I mean, 19 shots to 42. Yeah. Not great, man. No, I, I thought that the first period was a lot better than the second and third, but 
the second and third were really brutal. So, like, that's really not saying much. Uh, but I, I did think that for whatever it's worth, I guess, the first period wasn't terrible. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, this was just – we've talked about it a lot, not only during this losing streak, but really all season. Like, this, this team, aside from being wildly inconsistent, has had opportunities to – take steps forward and has had opportunities to like strike and has had opportunities to get two points. And whether it's the third period, whether it's the second and third period, or whether it's all three periods, there's always like a little bit of a letdown at some point in the game. And in this one, it just came a little bit sooner than maybe it has in some other games that we've talked about this season. Well, we, and we talk about goals with bunches and bunches too. I mean, oh Dowd gosh, scoring two man. goals, yeah, 11 seconds apart. The just all momentum just immediately got stifled. And then Lucas Raymond puts them up three to two in the third period. And then 70 seconds later, Gustafson gets it right back. It's just yeah. the inability well, and, to yeah, hold yeah. on to a lead <laughs> is is crazy. And yeah. normally when we talk goals and bunches, we talk about it against Nadalkovich, and I'm not faulting Huso. He stood on his head in this game, and I don't think a single one of his goals was a softy in this whatsoever. I mean, the 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 game-tying goal in the third was a one-timer backdoor. Um, the goal, the second goal of the game was a tip right out in front, no defenseman covering him. And the first goal was just a, a really great shot, and then obviously the uh, overtimer was a one-timer as well. There wasn't a single soft goal that Huso let up in this game. It's just that when the Red Wings give up one goal, they're prone to give another one right after that. And when the Red Wings score a goal, they're prone to let off the gas and immediately collapse defensively. So these are the primary reasons. Well, primary reasons. The team as a whole right now is the primary reason why they're on a six-game losing streak. You know, we talked about the loss the other night. Special teams collapsed. Against the Ottawa Senators, they played really good five-on-five hockey. But then the special teams collapsed. Three power play goals for the Senators, two shorthanded goals for the Senators. In this game, you shut out the Washington Capitals, who are a much better team on their power plays. They went over on their power plays, and you scored one a power play goal of your own. But at five on five, they just creamed you. They they were too good. So we talk about it, but it's if it's not one thing, it's the other with this team. We can't marry yeah. the you know special team successes with the five on five successes. It's one thing or the other. The only constant every single game. Billy Huso. That so, is pretty much <laughs> it. That and like the fact that it is inconsistent. Like that's yeah. pretty much the only consistent things are inconsistency and Billy Huso. That's that's pretty much it on a night to night basis. But um, no, and, and look, like we'll, it, it won't. Like we're not going to lose out. Like you know what I mean. No, like there, there is, there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, and and we will have some winning games to talk about hopefully relatively soon but i i mean golly man i i'm i'm tired of it's frustrating and like we did like objectively like we we got unbelievably outplayed and still walked away with a point for whatever that's worth and that's 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 fine i I guess but um I'm, i'm 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 tired of of saying that no, I, I 100% agree with you, man. It gets it gets frustrating after a while. I mean, it, regardless, point point or no point, it is still a six-game losing streak. Right. And that's a tough pill to swallow. It is, especially with how well this Red Wings team started the season. And, you know, I, I hate to say it because I don't want to say it, but it has – it shows flashes of what we saw last year. Despite the roster, even with the injuries, this, this roster is on paper a better team. But 
the only thing that this team is missing right now is night after night blowout losses. At least they're keeping the game somewhat close. They've had a couple blowout losses, but right now the, these big stretches where they the stretches where they win, the stretches where they lost, and in the losses they get completely outplayed. The only difference is the score is close because Billy Huso is fantastic. I mean, it begins to show colors of last season, and that does scare me. Do I think that they'll continue this trend? No, I don't. But what is it going to take to change it? What is it going to take for the Red Wings to get, take momentum back? Obviously, they're going to have to win a game, but is it going to take a change in the way they run their scheme? Is it going to take a change on the lineups? Is it going to take a change on you know, who you're putting out there on the power player penalty kill? I don't know. I, I don't have those answers. If I had those answers, I'd probably be behind the NHL bench, but I'm not. I'm a podcaster. And so right now, all I can do is watch the Red Wings and just hope that one of these days they break the losing streak and they start to build momentum back forward again. But, I mean, you, we talk about expectations. Obviously, the six-game losing streak is never the expectation, but, you know, they're right where in the standings we kind of thought they would be. And uh, you would hope that it would be because that they're just playing consistently at that level and not because they'd go on four game <laughs> heaters and then right. fall apart. Uh, but, you know, it's a crappy way to be where your expectations are. But this is this is kind of where I thought the team would be. The, the analytics showed early on the season when they were playing hot and we kind of turned a blind eye because they were playing so well, even though we tried not to. We tried to be realistic and we said multiple times that it's not a winning formula but they're winning games. So we're going to take it. We said that multiple times, but we saw that eventually things would crumble. Teams would figure it out and the Red Wings would start losing hockey games. So until they can figure out how to play even hockey through 60 minutes and play, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's, I that's mean, that, that we, we talked about thing. it even when they do out. Uh, I just said it like five, six minutes ago. Like even, even when we do play outplay someone on five on five, they don't in the last 10 minutes of the third, like, like it's like there, there, there's always at, at some point, some nights it's after the first period, like tonight, and sometimes it's you know with ten li- minutes left in the game. But there's always a letdown at, at some point, even on the games that they do seem to have it all together, and and it, it's just yeah, it, it's really frustrating, and and that's the next step in development. Like you said, this is pretty much where we expected this team to be standings wise ish. And, and uh, I don't expect them to plummet in the rest of the season, but I don't expect them to make a huge climb either. And I think that that's just where we are developmentally. And then they're, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know people are starting to to get a little impatient and just want to win her so badly. And, uh, you know, just on, not even the Red Wings more than general. anybody, but it's not even just isolated to the Red Wings. Like it's the city of Detroit that just so desperately yeah, no, wants a winner. Absolutely. Like, thank God the lions are seven and seven now and chasing a playoff spot. You like, drinking the Kool-Aid yet? You said oh, they had to win this week. I said, if they got to seven and seven, I would drink the Kool-Aid. So I'm drinking. The All Kool-Aid right. Now. Let's ride. Um, but yeah, when it, when it comes to Red Wings, you know, if you're looking towards the future, bright spot, Verona out of the non-contact Jersey, uh, yep. that news came out after we recorded on Sunday today. He is day-to-day, just basically whenever Lalone feels he is ready to play in an NHL game. So he is active, and he is on the cusp of returning. So look forward to that. Um, Zarnik was put on waivers and made it through waivers, but did not get sent down. He played. I imagine it's a preemptive move for when Vrana is ready to come back. Yeah. Um, So Zarnik's going to continue to play until Vrana can play, and then he'll get sent down. Cleared waivers already, so he can just be sent down. Um, But, yeah, that, that wraps it up, guys. You know, it wasn't pretty. They got a point. It wasn't pretty. Thank Vili Huso. 
God bless Vili Huso. Vili Huso for Vesna. The truth. So, uh, any final thoughts, man? Mm-hmm. We ball. One pride, baby. We'll be back oh, with a new episode tomorrow, previewing the game against that online. the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, in fact. So, if you guys nice. see me there on Wednesday, say hi. Or don't. Your prerogative. Uh, we'll be back then uh, tomorrow. Same time. Same place. To your team. Every day. Every day.